I'm Beth, for those of you who don't know me, <laughs> uh, and I have the, the pleasure of being able to bring the word today. Um, we're going to be carrying on our series um, that Christian started last week um, about who God is and then moving on to who we are because of that. Um, and I'm going to be focusing on God is truth. And I want to ask you a question. Is truth important? Yes, yes everybody agrees. Yes, yes. Is it important to tell the truth? So, this, is, this would be my answer too. Um, <laughs> a company called Bright Futures last year did a bit of research into truth and lying and things like that. Um, and it makes for some uncomfortable reading. So I've, I've got a few statistics that they came up with. And they found through their research that an average person lies one to two times a day. 60% of people lie at least once in a 10-minute conversation. 40% <laughs> of people lie on their CVs. 90% <laughs> of people lie on their online dating profiles. 80% <laughs> of women admit to lying to their partner about their spending habits. <laughs> My husband's looking at me right. Um, <laughs> Fifty percent of teenagers admit to lying to their parents about their whereabouts. <laughs> and 81% of people lie about their height, weight, or age online. <laughs> um, there you go. I don't know whether that's true. That's what they found. Um, and they looked into the reasons why people lie as well. So the reasons that people gave that they lied was fear of punishment, to protect themselves or others from harm, to avoid embarrassment or shame, to gain power or advantage over others, or out of habit or compulsion. Now, when I was reading through this, I was like, yeah, but that's not me. <laughs> you know, I don't lie. Um, and this doesn't count the Christians, right? <laughs> Until I came to their next piece of research and God gave me a bit of humble pie. <laughs> because they then went on to look at the most common types of lie that people tell. And this is where it gets a little bit uncomfortable. Because the most common types of lie that people tell were, number one, I'm fine, when we're not really. I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> Tom read this earlier, I was like, that's you. <laughs> I'm on my way, <laughs> when you're not really. I didn't see your message or call. <laughs> And this one, I feel like everybody can relate to this one. I have read and agree to the terms and conditions. <laughs> Does anybody read the terms and conditions when they take that book? Oh, 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 I've got two people in the room. Well done, you guys. 
you're obviously not part of that uh, percentage. <laughs> I think they've said 25%. I reckon there's got to be more than that. Um, <laughs> so I wonder if anybody can now relate a little bit um, to these, um, or if it's just me on my own, in which case, well, I'll preach to myself. Um, <laughs> you see, I don't think people intentionally go about um, or most people intentionally go about trying to lie. You know, I don't think it's that people don't value telling the truth and they don't value the truth. But I think it's really easy, actually, when we look at that, to fall into patterns of untruths because it's easier than telling the truth sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes we just like to exaggerate a little bit or something feels true to us. Um, now, I have permission to tell this um, before I say it, um, but um, my lovely husband, Tom, he's at the back there, um, him and I have an ongoing joke in our house because Tom will very often get home from work and he will tell me that he's really looking forward to his dinner because he hasn't eaten all day. <laughs> but then... Tom will carry on this conversation by telling me he's only had a bowl of porridge, a banana, a sandwich, an apple, some crisps. Oh, and someone brought a cupcake in that day, so he had one of those too. So I know that when Tom says he hasn't eaten all day, it's probably not true. <laughs> Or, you know, marketing does this to us all the time. It exaggerates the truth. It tells us that if we buy these vitamins, then our hair will be glossy like a model's. Or if we buy this foundation, that we will have flawless skin. Now, they might be slightly true. They might make us healthier, which makes our hair healthier. They might cover up some spots, but they're not going to do some miraculous thing to our face and hair um, and make us look like models. They exaggerate the truth. So this is something we deal with all the time. But does it matter? Is the truth really important? Well, I want to say yes, because the main reason I think that the truth is important is because truth leads to trust. So lack of truth leads to lack of trust. You see, seven years into our marriage, if Tom comes home and tells me that he's starving because he's not eaten all day, I don't drop everything and go and get him a snack because I'm worried he's going to faint. <laughs> you see, I don't trust that when he says he hasn't eaten that he hasn't actually eaten. And if I buy that foundation and I see that actually it doesn't make my skin perfect, then I'm probably not going to spend my money on it in the future. You see, I don't trust what that company have now told me. Truth leads to trust. And you know, the fact that God is truth is like super, super important. Because if God is not a God of truth, then we can't trust God. So it's really, really important that we know that he is a God of truth. 
And I'm going to go a step further in that if we are a people of truth as Christians, then why would anybody trust the God that we follow? So, truth is important, but then we have this massive uncertainty in our culture about what truth actually is. Because we now have this culture where it says, I can have my truth, and you can have your truth, and we can both be right. We have individual truth. So even when we're trying to tell the truth, sometimes it can get really confusing and messy, because we don't even know what the truth is half the time. But there's good news, because God is truth. So if we want to know the truth, we go to God. In John 14, verse 6, it says that Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So Jesus is the truth. If we want to know what truth is, if we want to know how to base our understanding of truth, Jesus is the truth. That is what he tells us in the Bible. If we believe in Jesus, then we believe that he is the truth. In Psalm 119, verse 160, it says, the entirety of your word is truth. So in other words, every word that God speaks is truth. We want to know the truth. We see what God speaks. So how do we find the truth? We look to Jesus. We look at him dying on the cross. We look at his love for us. That is truth. And we look at the word of God. In John 8, verse 13, uh, 31 to 32, it says, Then Jesus said to the Jews who had, believed in him, uh, who had believed him, If you continue my word, you are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, If you stay in my word, if you stay in my truth, you will know the truth. You will have an understanding of the truth. Now, the Bible is God's word to us, okay? So that is where we find God's word. Um, but I do think this warrants a little bit of a warning because while God's word, the Bible, is truth, sometimes um, we can take it out of context and we can interpret it our own way. Um, and we have to just be a little bit careful with that, that we're not quoting our understanding as God's truth always. Um, and I think that's really confusing because there is an element of interpretation when we're reading the Bible. When we read the Bible, God reveals different things to us. Um, some things are true to us at that time. Um, and that's great. That's a really good thing. Um, but I think it's when we're thinking about speaking truth over other people, maybe we have to be a little bit careful with that. Um, and one thing I found really, really helpful when I was doing um, my theology degree was this thing called the concentric circle of theology. Now, you don't have to remember that. <laughs> um, but for me, this was really helpful um, and a really helpful way of thinking about it. So you can see the diagram on the board. Um, and if you want to think about, well, what is ultimate truth? that I can trust in, then you look to the middle. And as you go outwards, 
things start to slightly slip away and get a little bit confused. So you'll see in the middle, Christ, our salvation in Christ, God's love for us, him dying on the cross for our sin, what he says about us. Those things are ultimate truth. Those are indisputable. <laughs> then we have this thing called dogma. I don't know why they choose such confusing words. Um, but basically, that's the stuff that we as Christians all agree on, basically. Um, unless we're part of some cult or something like that. Generally, we will all agree with these things. Um, it's things like God is Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus was fully God and fully man. God is our creator. Things that we don't really argue about. They, if you're a Christian, you will generally believe those things. So if you want to know what truth is, those two little circles in the middle are pretty good. They're the, they're the ones to go to. Because once you start going out of that, you get doctrine. Now, doctrine is basically the stuff that maybe we, we vary on between denominations of church and different churches. Um, so things like how and when we should be baptized, um, how important tradition is, things like that. And while we'd like to think we know all the answers, it's, you know, it's likely that when we get to heaven, God's going to tell us what the right way of doing things was, um, and we'll find out from him. But the great thing is, once you get to the doctrine thing, it doesn't really matter in light of our salvation. It doesn't affect our salvation. Okay, those things. So actually, while they're good to work out for ourselves and work out if our church, doc, our doctrine and the church's doctrine fits together, they're not going to affect our salvation in God. And they're not going to affect the ultimate truth of Jesus. And then you've got this interpretation and opinion, which is what uh, we, when we read the Bible, we do all the time. You know, we, we ask God to reveal some truth in there. And actually, a lot of the time, we may hear from God a truth for us there and then. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the ultimate truth for everybody. Um, so we just have to be a bit careful what we're speaking over people. It's great for, like, for us, it doesn't really matter. But if we're speaking over other people truth, which we're going to be looking at in a minute, um, then we just have to be careful that we're speaking the correct truth, the ultimate truth. But do you know what? We don't have to remember any of this because we have a Holy Spirit that lives inside of us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And John 16 verse 13 tells us that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us into all truth. So we don't have to worry about whether we're getting things right or wrong because the Holy Spirit will tell us. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will teach us the truth of Jesus Christ. It will lead us into the truth. So we can rely on him. And therefore, we can walk as a people of truth in this world. We can share the truth in a world where truth is individual, truth is unimportant, and truth is uncertain. And we can speak God's truth into that. And you know, 
This is so important to our calling to intentionally build community and, and to share God's love. Because when we speak God's truth, we share what, that, what, that, uh, what God thinks about that person. We share his love for them. And we can go into a world that believes lies over themselves, that believes, that gets labeled, and we can speak God's truth into that world. When people are believing lies that they are worthless, we can speak God's truth that they are worthy. Where people feel they're unimportant, we can speak God's truth that they are a child of God and that God loves them. When people believe that they are ugly, we can speak the truth that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Where people are told they'll never change, we can speak the truth that they can be a new creation in Christ. Now I wonder if there's anybody you know that's believing some lies at the moment. Just pause to think, is there somebody in your life, in your circle, that is believing some lies over themselves right now? And now think, what would it mean to them if they were to hear God's truth over their life? And you know, John 8 verse 32 says, the truth will set you free. So God's truth sets people free from these lies that they're believing. God's truth sets people free from the labels that have been put on people. And it isn't just other people, but it's us too. How many times have we believed what the world says about us? We are worthless. We deserve what we get. We're inadequate. We're a failure. We're damaged. We're unwanted. We're unlovable. We have to prove our value. We will never be anything more than we are now. Have we allowed ourselves to listen to some of those lies? Have we allowed ourselves to believe the labels that have been spoken over us in our lives? But none of this, none of it is God's truth. You see, God's truth over us is that we are chosen. We are his workmanship. We are loved. We are forgiven. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we are his children. And maybe we need to allow God to speak some truth into us today. Maybe there's some untruths that we need to deal with today. And we're going to spend some time in a moment doing that. But firstly, 
Maybe you don't yet know the ultimate truth that God sent his son because he loved us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross to pay for our sin and our shame and our wrongdoing in order that we could be free from sin and shame. That we might be able to have a relationship with God. And if you are ready to accept that truth today, then in a minute we're going to pray. And I really encourage you, just pray with me. If you recognize that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for each and every one of us, if you want to make that decision today, please do join me as we pray. Or maybe you used to follow Jesus, but you feel like you've slipped away and you want to reconnect with him. Maybe you aren't sure of your salvation. If any of that is you, then I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And if you uh, would like to join me, please do pray that from your heart. And if I can ask everybody um, to pray with me and bow their heads so that people can focus on that. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me for all of my wrongdoing and receive me as your child. I commit my life to you now. Amen. And while every head is still bowed, um, could I ask you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer? Thank you. Just going to pray for those who've made that decision. Lord, I pray for everybody who has decided to follow you today or that has decided to reconnect with you today. I pray that they would experience your peace and your presence in their life right now and that they would know your truth over their lives today and for the rest of their lives. Amen.